Hey everyone, welcome to Networks Looks At. This recording is an offering of Networks for Training and Development's online university. Hello everyone, this is Rosa McAllister and Tracy LaPreziosa coming to you again from Networks for Training and Development. And this is yet another episode of Taste of Wellness. And today we're going to talk about movement, the body. And now I must add right from the start, this is not a soapbox on everybody must exercise, get out there and pump it up. That's not what this is at all. It's about movement and our beautiful bodies. And regardless of how our bodies are in our mind and how our bodies are in reality, we all can move at least something. Or we can think about movement, which sometimes is almost as good as the actual movement. And I'll explain a little bit about that a little bit more. But, so I'll get us started. And Tracy, you're going to jump in here and there and tell us more because Tracy is an occupational therapist. So she has lots of experience with the body, all kinds of bodies, all kinds of ages and movement. And I am a dancer from way back. Um, who actually had trouble moving as a young child in many ways, large motion and all of that. And I became a dancer and I also am a yogi and a runner and other things too, much to my amazement. So movement is very much a part of my life. But let's take it back a little bit. So think of a little, little, cute, little teeny tiny baby that you were and or that others have been around you. And think of how a baby moves. When a baby needs to burp, what's a baby typically do? It moves its trunk, it moves its body, central body, does all kinds of different things sometimes to work the, the burp or the poop out. Babies, even while they sleep, move. They stretch kind of like a kitten or a cat will do as well. These luscious, elongated stretches and movement. Um, and then bring it up a little bit more. Think about that baby that is now growing up and starting to maybe walk. It's almost like this imperative. They have to move. It's like the body needs to move more. It reaches. Well, first of all, the hands, what is it? First, the hands come together and then the feet come up. And yeah. Tracy, help me with those developments. Yeah, things. it does. They come, they come together here before they're crossing the midline. But the body just automatically knows the movement patterns that need to happen in whatever sequence. And, you know, for a normally developing child, it just happens automatically. They don't even have to think about it. And it helps with their overall development, both physically and mentally. And then if there's a child who has a motor difference, it's very important that they get involved with therapists and stuff at a very young age to get those movement patterns going so that everything develops as it should. Because the, you know, there's a very grand plan in our brain of how things should be developing to help us, you know, mature the best we can. So and very it's important. All tied, it's all tied to movement. It's all tied to movement. And it just happens, which is I find right. so amazing working with babies, watching them, and like you see them do all the things in the sequence that they're supposed to do it. Some do it slower than others, and that's okay. I, it, it's not good to force things to happen. Let it happen on its own time. You know, just let it happen. As long as it's happening in the natural flow of sequence, it doesn't matter. It's going right. to come together. 
And then I want you to think about yourself and or a little one that you've been around when they're about eight years old. And I don't know about you, but I was like this kinetic energy, this like I had to keep moving. Some of us are real fidgeters in our seats, you know, the squirmy, wormy ones of us out there. Some of us are always tapping or fiddling or playing with something. And I don't know about you, but that was me to some extent. And even though I had difficulty making some movements, my body still needed to move. And if I didn't move, I would get ornery, you know, and it's, and so there's emotion that's tied to movement as well. Um, just think when you're really, really happy, happy dance, think of um, Snoopy and Charlie Brown <laughs> and Peanut. When Snoopy is happy, what's he do? He does his happy dance. We can all hear the music and see him dancing and moving his feet and jumping around and all of that. Um, and as we get a little older, sometimes we start slowing down or stifling our movements to some extent or making them more socially acceptable, heaven forbid. And sometimes things get bound up within us, like literally stuff gets bound up and emotions get bound up too. So this whole emotions tied to movement is something that's very, very well known and something that I think we need to explore more. So one of the things, you know, this need to move, regardless of who we are or what our bodies are like or what life stages or whatever, we still have a need to move. I remember my mom as she got quite elderly and movement was quite hard for her, where more difficult to standing up, moving about, etc. She would oftentimes say to me, I'm just so stiff because I never move anymore. And so getting her to even just move her feet or her fingers or a little bit of movement, or as I mentioned before, thinking about movement. My mother had been a jitterbugger when she was a teenager and young adult. So I used to get her telling me stories about jitterbugging and dancing. And she would actually start moving her feet and her hands and her torso a little bit as she was telling me about the movement and actually start in her reminiscing almost jitterbugging in her seat. It's a little bit as she thought about it. So movement can be the actual movement. It can be very small. It can be whatever, but we still need to do it. Yeah, it's interesting you talk about that, about the thinking about the movement. I attended a workshop once uh, at a rehab and, you know, a lot of people come into rehab and now they can't move because they've had an injury and now they can't move. And so how do you get stronger if you can't move? How, how do you build those muscles? How do you get those? How do you get those messages to the muscles? How do you get them going? And we went through a series of exercises where we were on the floor and we were visualizing certain movements. And there's research out there that shows that just visualizing doing something that can detect muscle activity in the muscles that you think that you're using and mm -hmm. you're not, they're not, you're not really moving. So you can actually strengthen and move and, and get the benefit by just visualizing the activity. And it was weird, like after we were done, well, they had us do a certain movement before we lay down and did all the visualization. And then we did it afterwards. And afterwards, the movement was so much easier. So, you know, it, it was it was amazing because you would think you have to practice a movement sequence to get it in your brain. But we just visualized the movement sequence over and over and over again. And then once we came out of it, boom, you remembered it. It was, it was amazing. So it's 
it's really cool that you can, your brain can help your muscles exercise without them actually moving if you can't move. That's fascinating. And it reminds me with my mom again, how I would go to her place and sometimes I would be with her for a whole day or a couple of days and I would have to move because I'm a fidgeter, I need to move. I'm sitting on my yoga ball here at my desk. It's one of my movement things. You can't see me, but I'm bouncing up and down on my yoga ball. I use that as a chair to help me stay focused and to get rid of some of my energy as I'm working. Sometimes I would be with my mom for a long period of time and I would just have to get up and move. And I'd say, come on, mom, let's do some yoga. And she would sit in her chair and I would do yoga on the floor in front of her and she would watch me. And she would say afterwards, I don't know about you, but I'm exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) And it's exactly what you're talking about. It's like visualizing and still it's activating the sequence. It's activating the muscles. It's activating the energy. It's so cool. It's funny you say that when you're like watching Dancing with the Stars and you do all those movements and then they get done and you're like, your body feels like it wants to do those things. Exactly. (laughs) I can't, can't, but it feels like it wants to do something. Yeah, exactly. Pretty cool how it works. And so I mentioned before about emotions. So one of the things we know is that movement oftentimes brings up emotions and sometimes I mean, I've had examples with myself and with others when I'm leading a class or something. I sometimes work with women who have been through a lot of trauma and and abuse and things like that. And we do a lot of dancing. And at first, they are very hesitant. It's like their whole body is a block of wood. It barely, you know, they don't have hips. They don't have a pelvis. They don't move nothing. That whole central core doesn't move. And after a while, we get them wiggling and moving and stuff. And oftentimes, they start giggling or crying or burping or farting or other things as emotions are coming up while they are moving because of the movement. So one of my adages, we always heard people say, you know, no gain, no pain, and that we should work through the pain of, you know, exercise. I disagree 100%. So especially with the folks that I work with in my own body, My belief is that if you feel pain or discomfort while moving, you need to back off. Maybe not stop, but back off a little bit. Body's trying to absolutely. You better listen. Absolutely. But if it's emotions that are coming up, most of us want to stop immediately. And I say, no, let's work through it. Let's try to breathe through it. Maybe pause a little bit, but let's acknowledge it because it's your body, it's your way of releasing and bringing forth some of these emotions. And that is a good thing. So keep the dancing or keep the walking or keep the moving, whatever you're doing, that's helping to bring these emotions up. Maybe take a pause, be gentle with yourself, but don't numb yourself. Don't shy away from it. Instead, lean into it. And sometimes it's very subtle movements that bring out the emotions very subtle because the emotions are trapped deep within the tissue. And it's typically when you're doing a motion that you wouldn't do in daily life because you're tapping into some other muscles that you wouldn't normally use. And some, if anyone's ever practiced somatics, when you do somatics, it's very, very minute movements that you do that are really deep 
in your pelvis, in your arms, in your chest. Mm. And those are the places where you really carry a lot of that emotion. And that's why dancing is such a release because you're getting down deep, you're wiggling those hips, Mm. you're stretching out the chest, and those things are opening up. The everyday movement doesn't necessarily release that for you. You have to get a little deeper. Yeah, yeah. And doing it with someone else rather than doing it alone doing it in a group, it mm-hmm. activates us back to that seeing and feeling, you know, with others, um, it brings it even more to the forefront. So that's why group dance and group therapies, if you will, or group exercise classes, group things like that, oftentimes bring forth so much more, so much more emotions, feelings, and help. Definitely. I mean, there's so many mental health benefits to movement, to any type of movement. You know, just we walk to clear our head, to clear our mind, it helps us to sleep better. It helps us to just boost our health, makes our our mood better, releases stress, you know, decreases anxiety, all of those things. Movement is always a good thing to do, not just for our physical body and our bones and our muscles and our heart and our brain and all that, but for our own mental health. Even if we're not getting to the point of uh, emotional release, we're getting to the point of being able to release some, some of that tension and stress and that's held up in our body from our day-to-day lives and dealing with all the things that we have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. Right. And just like a little burst of movement isn't going to really do it. You mm-hmm. need to do it with some regularity and enough of a length of time. I know it used to be said, you got to break a sweat. And I'm not sure that breaking a sweat is really it, but it's something that the pattern is and the motion is enough where things are coming up and you're releasing it. And maybe you're breathing a little bit heavier or you find yourself laughing or some kind of emotion is happening. And if you do this with regularity, your body really can release it. So I always suggest to people, if they can, three times a week, at least for a half hour, if possible, yeah, what something, do you say? Yeah, something conscious. But I think that almost you have to think about on a day-to-day basis to fit in, even if it's not you have to set aside 30 minutes to go to the gym or to take a walk. Work in the act, the movement into your day as much as you can into your day. I I don't always have a lot of time to exercise. So I, I am, I do things in my house where I'm upstairs, downstairs, upstairs, downstairs. So I'm constantly going up and down steps. And I, I plan my day that way. Not I'm going to do this upstairs until I'm finished. No, I'm going to do a little bit here. I'm going to do a little bit there. So I'm constantly up and down and trying to build the movement into my daily routines. And then the most important thing is you have to find some movement activities that are fun that are motivating, whether Absolutely. it's or, or walking with a friend or swimming or whatever, surfing if you're in Maui, whatever it is that's <laughs> fun for you, um, do it. And, you know, it, it, it helps you mentally, helps you socially, you know, get in some groups where movement is the, is the thing that you do as the group. You know, so many of us tend to like when you get together with folks, it's like, oh, we're going to go down and we're going to have dinner. We're going to, you know, instead of we're going to go down, we're going to go dancing or we're right. going to take a walk on the beach or we're going to do those are the kinds of things that we need to really be looking at things that are fun and things that are Absolutely. innovative. 
integrated into our day. And things that are easy. Things yes. that are easy. When we build in, at least for me, when I try to build in something that's a complicated new whatever, it has many steps to it, or it's going to cause me to drive an hour or whatever, the likelihood of me building them in regularly is pretty low. But if I can start my day with certain movements, which I'm a ritual girl, so I have a whole set of movements I do before I even get out of bed to wake up my back, to wake up my innards, to wake up my feet and legs that have plagued me, frankly, with issues throughout most of my life. If I do that, I literally start my day on the right foot, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. I have a, a whole routine too that I do before my feet even hit the floor. Absolutely. Some people have things they do while they're cooking. I have a very good friend who dances her tush off while she's cooking. And she kind of like you with the upstairs, downstairs, she purposely has things that in her kitchen in such a way. So she has to kind of dance between the kitchen sink and the stovetop and all that other kind of stuff, you know? <laughs> and that bend and stretch and bend and stretch exactly. to get the exactly. things you for me, it's my yoga ball because I'm on my computer a lot of the day, but I also put things out that are not right within arm's reach, kind of like your upstairs, downstairs thing, so that I have to go over, you know, a bowl of nuts or a bowl of dried fruits or grapes or things like that. A big pitcher of cucumber water or something that I make if I know I'm going to have a day writing a report or something like that. I'm going to be seated a lot. I have that stuff and I'm looking over at my counter because I have it right within my eyesight. I don't have it near my desk. I have it over there. So at least I have to get up and go in order to get to it. So. Remind you that it's there and that you need it. <laughs> Absolutely. So I think we've given a couple of cool ideas and fun ideas about movement. Again, this is not a, you need to exercise. You need to break a sweat. You need to feel pain before you gain it. No, 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 no. Tracy and I are saying, Build in just simple, fun movement in whatever it means for you and build it in with some regularity and see how it changes things up for you. Nice. So any last pearls of wisdom? Just move and have fun. <laughs> you know, there just you move go. and have fun. There you go. So thanks, Tracy, for yet another fun and exciting taste of wellness. And to all you listening out there, check in all our other Taste of Wellness and other great things that we have parked for you in our online university at networksfortraining.org. Help yourself, feel free, get moving, and let us know how it's going and come back for more. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. We hope the information provided was helpful. Don't forget to stop by our website and take advantage of all we have to offer.